the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Welcome in to Rob Black and Your Money. I'm sitting in. My name is Tony Mendez. You guys all know me. I've been on. Thank you. Thank you. You guys should uh, mostly know me. I usually sit down on Friday with Rob on Fridays. We talk a little bit about real estate. Uh, I do the real estate report on Thursday nights, same station, six to seven. Um, and we're fortunate to have our, our co-host with us, Gordon Hines. Welcome in. Thank you. So we're going to sit in for Rob today. We're going to do bravo, our, bravo, bravo. Yeah. <laughs> we're going to do our best to. Uh, you know, kind of tie in real estate to your retirement plan. And, you know, this is a show about stocks. It's about retirement, but retirement's real estate in a lot of people's cases. Right, Gordon? And what's your philosophy on how real estate fits into retirement so people get a chance to know you a little bit? Well, and it depends on what time what time of year it is uh, or time of the segment in the economy it is. Right now, if, you, if you're bullish on real estate, you'd have everything tied into real estate if you're looking at real estate as a retirement vehicle because it's been so profitable over the last three or four years. But of course, real estate retirement is also a balance. You should have different assets and different things. You don't have all your eggs in one basket. I think uh, your property or your home is probably a good 30% of your retirement nest if you look at it from a percentage standpoint. Yeah. You know, when, when we talk on the show, uh, on our show, we talk a lot about real estate and how it fits into, you know, your real estate part of the portfolio. We don't really get a chance to talk about how it fits into your whole um, retirement plan. Um, it's kind of like a person that's getting, you know, who's in retirement already, who's thinking about, you know, where my, where's my income going to come from? Uh, is it coming from just my pension or so, and social security, or am I looking at dividends from a large um, brokerage account? And then you start piecing together, well, should I have more real estate in that? And you start working backwards in time. You know, you're, you're 50 years old, you're 40. Is a piece of real estate going to work into, re- into my retirement plan? I've set up a plan where I have uh, several properties, and one property is going to pay for my kid's college. One property is going to pay for my long-term care. One property is going to pay for expenses on top of my Social Security and, and other things as I get in retirement. And maybe I have a wife that might go back to work. Um, and she's a little bit younger than I am. So uh, these are the things that people think about when they go into, you know, they start thinking about retirement, how real estate fits into it. The Bay Area is a little bit different, though, for most of the people in the United States, because uh, there's people sitting on cash, lots of cash, lots of equity in these houses. And uh, they're considering keeping it, keeping it, keeping it because it keeps growing, growing and growing. And anywhere else in the United States, that equity that they have could be a re- a complete retirement for somebody in, uh, let's say, North Carolina, for example, or even in Arizona. A lot of people are are saying we're cashing out and and moving. What's your philosophy on people who, um, you know, of course, there's tax basis and things to, to start considering. What is, what's your philosophy on people moving out of the area and capturing that gain right now as at the, you know this new peak that we have? Well, you know, they say it's very tough to 
to live in California, retire in California. Uh, it's a high cost living state. So a lot of people, when you retire and we're looking at now passive income, not working anymore, not getting up, having to punch a clock or hit the freeway and make, make a dash to, to the office. I think a lot of people look to reduce their costs by moving into states that, one, have lower costs to live in, have, you know, warmer climate. You know, that's why Arizona, Palm Desert, especially here in California, is a very popular place to retire. Um, a lot of the states sometimes try to tax your retirement as you cross state lines if you've got the money here in the state of California. So a lot of different dynamics to deal with and to look at. So we always push people back to the professionals. I always talk to professionals, your, your financial planner, or your accountant, that way you can make the best financial decision when it comes to make, moving out of state and looking to move into a lower cost environment as you retire. That's the way I kind of look at it. How do you think interest rates are playing into people's decisions? I was reading a report recently about people who are staying in their properties for 10 years plus and some of the things they consider when they're moving. I was surprised to see that the that their low interest rate they have on their house now is a very small factor, a small in, in their decision on moving. Um, interest rates, I think, can, can rise a little bit. But um, if you're locked into your house at a, a sub 4% interest rate, and now you're looking at something that's closer to 4.5 or maybe even higher, depending on what you're buying, um, you know that's that weighs a lot on people's weight, and and then you might get into a, another county or state where you start your tax basis over on your, uh, you don't have Prop Thirteen to help you out. That's a challenge we have, you know, in the re, in the re, in the refinance market that we look at. We always have clients that come in, they're looking to borrow money, but if the first app, the, the first apprehension, of course, well, Gordon, I have a three and a half, thirty year fixed rate loan. Rates are higher right now. I, although I do need money, I hate to touch that thirty year fixed loan. But sometimes when you come back, you look. At the overall balance of the formula, even though you do have a 3.5% 30-year fix, if you look for outside finance, and that outside finance, it might be a, a, a lot higher. And once you come back and do the balance between the two, you, your 3.5% rate is actually might be 5.5% if you, if, you, if you combine both. So a lot of times you got to look at the strategy. You got to figure out why you need the money. What are the sources? Are they to get money? Is there cheaper money out there? Is it short-term? What's your exit strategy? If you have a short-term exit strategy, you'll be able to pay that People money People don't back. talk about that enough, do they? That they exit don't, strategy. Because a lot of times we always look at what the problem in front of us, but you got to look at the overall uh, uh, formula at the end of the day. What, how are you going to benefit from one, either standing at low fixed 30 year fixed mortgage or looking to refinance to get in the cash out to do something different? So you're getting a chance to know a little bit about Gordon Hines. He's been the co-host with me on the Real Estate Report for, I don't know, what is it, just about two and a half years now. It's our third year together. Yeah, it's our third year together. Real Estate Report's been on for seven years. Um, if I sound different, it's because I'm Tony Mendez. I'm sitting in for Rob Black. He is out today. Uh, you are welcome to call the show. It is live, 800-516-1220, 800-516-1220. You can always shoot me an email as well, Tony at com, And that is what our website is, bayarealonesource.com. Um, uh, again, this is, uh, you know, Rob Black and your money. We're talking real estate. Um, it's, it is an important part of people's retirement. Investment property is, is always a topic on people's minds, Gordon. Um, I buy investment property as often as I can. Um, I haven't bought anything in California lately. I, I just bought a property in Reno. I own property in Virginia, North Carolina, um, and California. So what, what, are you, what are you seeing nowadays for people? Who, you, you have a lot of equity. We just talked about how, how people feel like they might be locked in. Or they have a lot of equity. Where, where do we go now with that equity? Are people moving that out of state? Are they trying to? Is, is, is there cash flow advantages to stay in the Bay Area? 
can, can it work now? Because I mean, we're looking at we go go back about five years, six years ago. You can put twenty percent down and, and break even. Then it turned into thirty percent break even. Now it's forty percent break even, and maybe even higher. Just to break even on a property here in the Bay Area, does that make sense for people as far as a rate of return on their investment? A lot of investors that we look look at that are always looking to to buy that are bullish on real estate are always looking for opportunity. They're looking for the next great mecca as far as where the property appreciation is going to go. When you're an investor, you really don't care where the property is. All you're looking at is is, is return on investment. Can I make money? How much money can I make? That's where these guys kind of look at it. So a lot of these markets that are out, like Reno, for example, you just mentioned you bought a property in Reno. Reno has a lot of upside. There's a lot of employment opportunity going on in Reno. There are a lot of plans for Reno. So when you look at, when you factor in those, 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 those into the equation, you'll see that, hey, if I put my money in Reno, I'm going to get some appreciation there. Rents are going up. And is because rents go with employment. The more employment opportunity you have, the higher the rents are going to be. And those are all the things people look at. It's very hard to put money here in the Bay Area unless it's a deal, unless you know somebody's selling something because everything in the market is so competitive to go for asking price or way better. So it's a very, very diverse, um, challenging opportunity to buy rental property here in our area, especially when markets are so high. Still. Rob Black and your money. I almost said the wrong show. 800-516-1220. Dow is down about 100 right now. S&P down about 7. NASDAQ is about 26 down. Uh, Treasury still holding steady to about 2.83%. That kind of gauges mortgage interest rates right now. We'll come back after this break. Again, this is Rob Black and your money. I'm Tony Mendez sitting in for Rob. He is out today. Again, you're welcome to call the show. 800-516-1220. We'll be right back after this break. Want the podcast with music? Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and Your Money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. Welcome back in to Rob Black and Your Money. Rob is out today. I'm Tony Mendez sitting in for Rob. We have the esteemed Gordon Hines with us as well. He's the co-host of the Real Estate Report that we do on Thursday nights from 6 to 7. Hope someday you guys can join us on your drive home on Thursday nights. So we're talking about how real estate fits in your retirement. It's a topic that I'm sure that most listeners out there, regular listeners know that on Fridays, I'll pop in and we can talk a little bit about real estate. Um, we just kind of talked about, you know, the flow of, of, you know, what people are doing in the Bay Area with their equity. Um, Gordon, a lot of people are, I don't want to say locked into their properties, but we're getting a sense that. You know, we get a call caller from um, Fremont. Uh, no, uh, we'll get to the Fremont guy just in a second. Uh, from San Mateo, for example, and he he owns a property. Uh, you know, it's probably about a one point five million dollar property, but he and he has plenty of equity, but he can't move to a another house, so he's feeling like he's locked into the property, and instead of um, buying new, he's just going to renovate his property, and he's thinking about taking some cash out. And we're going to get to that topic in just a second. I do remember we have Jack from Freeman on the line. Jack, are you with us? Yeah, hi. Hi, Tony and Gordon. Thanks for taking my call. Um, Good morning. I had a question on my mortgage, whether I should consider paying it off or keep it for the life of the of the term. Uh, I'm at a 15-year fix at 2.875 right now. The uh, so one, one part of the brain thinks that I should not paid off and invest the money instead, but the other says it's paid off. How much do you owe? Sorry? How much do you owe? Oh, it's about 400000 Okay. Um, all right. Well, 
And, and thanks for the call. This is a question we get all the time, Gordon. You know, people asking to figure out why if they were going to pay off their house. He's in a fifteen year, year on a four hundred thousand dollar loan. Doesn't sound like he uh, is having any problems making the payments, which means it indicates to me that he possibly has some retirement on the side, um, and he's able to do both. What do you feel about people who can do both? Save, you know, four hundred one k and have a property, and in his case, have a fifteen year loan on a four hundred thousand dollar balance, uh, and make that slightly higher payment. Do you do you feel he's going the right direction, or do you think he should maybe go? Okay, I'll stretch that out and put that, you know, in, um, find another retirement vehicle, or maybe even more property. Well, unless Jack is a multimillionaire, uh, two point eight two point eight seven five, I can't imagine where you can get money cheaper than that in today's world. There are many investment um, opportunities, vehicles where he can get more than a 2.85% return on investment. So I would I would request, you know, once again, if he, to talk to his accountant, but I would just listen to his basic question. I, I don't see a benefit in paying off a 2.5%, 2.875%, 15-year loan in, in this type of environment where we are, where rates are today. It's a great leverage. Yeah. Um, I'd like to know a little bit more about him to say whether or not he needs a 30-year fix. How close is he to retirement? Does he want... What kind of retirement is he going to be looking at? Is he going to get Social Security? Is he looking at a pension or just 401k? Uh, does he have other rental property that can supplement any kind of uh, any of the other income? I think there's I think people are starting to realize more and more that uh, a question like that is not meant for a mortgage guy anymore. It's meant for a, a financial planner, at minimum your CPA. Because the, the, you're looking at what, what are the tax implications? Um, are you going to put that $400,000 into, into an account that pays a um, that pays you where you have to pay taxes on? Should you take that four hundred grand and buy a, two rental properties free and clear and pay taxes on that? What's your rate of return? Um, meanwhile, you're sitting on 2.875 interest rate on a 15-year. On a so I don't know. I, I think I'd, we would need to know a little bit more about it, but I don't think it's a mortgage question. I think that's a... A financial planner question. Thoughts? Um, I, I just think it's hard to 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 beat that rate. To beat that rate. Yeah. So <laughs> I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't do it. it it's the best. It sounds like a really good deal. Four hundred thousand to fifteen year. I don't know how long he's into it for, but uh, I wouldn't look at paying it off. I would look at doing something else with the money. You can always call the show eight hundred five one six twelve twenty. And thanks for the call, Jack from Fremont eight hundred five one six twelve twenty. I'm Tony Mendez sitting in with Gordon Hines. Uh, 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 Rob is out today. So let's say, take Jack's example. Let's say he is sitting on a bunch of equity. He he doesn't feel like he's stressed on payments, and he does want to improve his property. One of the questions we get all the time in our world, on, on the mortgage side, is how do we get the money out of the house to do renovations or repairs on our property? Um, or it could be even buying a, another property. Equity lines are pushed nonstop in your face. Uh, every bank has a sign in their window that says, get an equity line with us. It's cheap. The rates are are relatively decent. Uh, they are variable in most cases. What are your thoughts on somebody who has a really low interest rate like Jack, 2.875% on a 15-year, or it could be anybody with a 30-year fixed, anywhere near 4%, where they're looking to say, okay, should I refinance and take cash out, or should I get an equity line? I think a lot of people lean towards that equity line because, first, it's the most advertised and most in-your-face type of product, but are they educated enough to know if that product is right for them? You know, equity lines have gone through a lot of changes after Dodd-Frank back in 2008, 2009. Uh, The first thing we always tell people, equity lines are not real estate loans, they're consumer loans. So there's different rules that do apply to equity lines. A lot of people found that out when these equity lines went, went 
bust and they were still, even though they lost the property, these companies were still keeping these lines of credit open on the on the credit port, and they had to jump through a lot of hoops to try to get rid of that, that negative rate on the credit port. Um, when you look at equity line, you got to look at, once again, you got to look at the exit strategy. A lot of these equity lines are interest-only payments for the first 10 years. After that 10-year period, that equity line rolls into a, a, a fixed-rate payment, and it goes into a 15-year or 10-year amortized period. So that substantial payment can go up three or four times what the amount is. I had equity line that I, that I had. I'm speaking from experience. Uh, I've had an over 10 years, and it just reamortized over another 10-year period. The payment went up almost almost three times of what I was paying. So That's it, the fr- kind of the first trap people get yeah, into on that. If you, if you don't factor that in and be able to do that balance, that's where financial troubles can start. So you always got to look at the overall picture. We always talk, and I don't care what you do in the finance world, always have an exit strategy because you never know what we have to exit. I think that's important. You're looking at cash out uh, to do some renovations. I think the first question I would ask myself if I, if I was considering an equity line is how fast I can pay it back because we know the Fed's looking at raising interest rates. They've already done it. People who have equity lines, they've seen their rates go up. Um, they don't want to be subject to that higher interest rate environment. How fast can you pay the money back? I would say, you know, if you're getting bonuses or you, you may have some other money coming in or you can't afford to pay it back um, you know, a little bit quicker and, you, and you're looking at, you've talked to your CPA and you're getting some write-offs uh, I think an equity line could make sense, but if you can't pay it back in time and you're strapped already and you need the repairs or you just, maybe you had a um, a child or another child and, and you need that extra room um, or your house is just falling apart and you need to put the equities there, uh, I think, you know, a cash out long-term investment can make sense. So it, you really have to run the numbers. You have to play with what makes sense. Um, for you in the short term and then long term. Yeah, equity lines are great. Uh, great soft source of emergency money, by the way. You have an equity line of $100,000. You keep it. You pay the annual fee just to keep the line open. Yeah, and then you run into money. some type of hardship, some type of financial or, or medical emergency. You need $100,000. You can write a check. That's the great thing about it. And you don't pay on that line until you write that check. If you have any questions for us, you can email the show, Tony at com. Tony at com. I'm sitting in for Rob Black today. This is Rob Black and your money here on KDOW. 1220 a.m. Don't forget about Rob Black Seminar. It's coming up May 3rd. It's a retirement income strategies and estate planning seminar. That's May 3rd. You can go to robblack.com to sign up. We'll come right back after this break. Catch Rob Black and Rob Black and Your Money live on the Bay Area Airwaves. Weekday mornings from 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW and streaming live on the KDOW radio app or KDOW.biz. And don't forget the weeknight replay at 7. Welcome back in to Rob Black and Your Money. I'm Tony Mendez sitting in for Rob Black. He is out today. Gordon Hines is sitting in with us as well. He's the co-host of the Real Estate Report that we do on Thursday nights from 6 to 7 p.m. You can listen to us on your way home as opposed to your way to work, depending on your schedule, of course. So we're tying in real estate to retirement as we, uh, as a lot of people who have been listening to the show on Friday mornings know that I sit in with Rob. Um, we kind of got a caller last segment and I, I was just mulling over 
some numbers in my head and on a calculator trying to figure out what his real rate of return was on not spending that $400,000 to pay off his house. So he wanted to pay off his, his mortgage about 400,000. He has a 15 year at 2.875%. Should he pay that off? Um, of course, there's a lot of other questions you have to ask what kind of retirement he has, you know, or what kind of income he'll have in retirement. Does he actually have the $400,000? Does that tap his retirement? Um, but, you know, 2.875% on a 15-year, we figure he's paying about 11500 in interest, which, by the way, is, uh, if it's his primary deductible, uh, we figure he's paying about 2% after deductions, Gordon, on that on that mortgage. So um, I think those are the kind of things you have to figure. And why, why wouldn't he just go out and buy another property that could pay him a rate of return on the 400000 You know, buy a property free and clear. You can buy a lot of properties for $400,000 out of the Bay Area and get a good rent and rate of return. Um, why, why put everything into your house? Um, anyway, so that's, that's my whole thought. You got to run the numbers. Um, this, call the show. Gen, this gentleman have options. He has options, which is, which is, um, you know, he's probably sitting back going, yeah, I got options. Um, I, not everybody has those options. Uh, we were, one of the things that we talk about all the time is, is investment property. A lot of people like investment property. It's a, it's a great tool in retirement to have that cash flow. Uh, in the Bay Area, there's a lot of people who are sitting back saying, I don't think I'm ever going to be able to buy in the Bay Area, yet they have a great income. Uh, they're renting, uh, they're saving their retirement, maybe they've saved a little bit of cash for a down payment, but they can't find a place that's close enough, that's cheap enough, or affordable is probably the correct term. Uh, what do you think, Gordon, about people who are renting in the Bay Area, they have a good income, it could be a single or dual income, they've saved some money. What about buying property out of the area just so they can get their feet wet and start that re- that portfolio going in, in real estate yeah i mean as a real estate person of course um my opinion might be slightly slightly scaled towards skewed ownership yep. and investment opportunities but i i feel you know in, in life i have a simple solution i think everybody should own at least one piece of property i mean just for the benefit of of, of, of domicile of course but as an investment opportunity it does give a lot of investments i i think sometimes we make we make bad decisions or we make a lot of assumptions because it's rental property but it's a long-term investment that's the reason why we have a 30-year fixed loan at the benchmark because it's a long-term investment you were talking about retirement most people at the time, hopefully, if you had a 30-year mortgage, by the time you're retiring, that, that mortgage has been paid off, unlike this gentleman earlier that could pay it off prior to. But at the time you retire, the house is now paid for. But a lot of people now I'm watching, they use the house as as a benefit. They don't just let the house Pay, they let the house pay for itself, meaning that they take money out as time go on, and they do incremental different things, and that's a great opportunity. As, as, as equity goes up, you kind of use the equity to your to your advantage and allow you to buy something else or, or fund something else with the equity. Yeah, you know, it's, I, I also look at at age uh, when you want to retire. Uh, I mean, the last thing I would want is to go into retirement and have and just be buying a rental property that's not really cash flowing as much as I need and having to wait another 15 years or something like that to get that cash flow. So I, I, I look at somebody who's in their you know 20s and 30s and even in their early 40s and saying, you know, I, I can have some good retirement from a, an investment property. It could be in Boise. It could be in Reno. It could be in Utah. Um, could be in Denver. A lot of these cities are are booming. There's a place. Um, there's a place called Madison um, Meridian, Boise, near Boise, um, Idaho, that's booming right now. And and houses are in the 100s and 200s, and they're cash flowing. 
Um, and it, and a one hundred two hundred thousand dollar down payment in the Bay Area might not get what you need. It's twenty two hundred thousand is twenty percent of a million dollar property, and you, if you're in the peninsula, that doesn't buy you much more than a thousand square foot property. Yeah, or some of the neighboring states. You know, um, my daughter just uh, recently transferred to Las Vegas, Nevada, and just going there from the time you hit that I fifteen. I mean, there's there's an assortment of houses from all price ranges from one hundred fifty thousand dollars on up, brand new, and that city's kind of building. You talk, we talked about Reno earlier. You know, all these places are, you know, um, um, Arizona is a place a lot of people look to retire in. A lot of outside of Scottsdale, there's a much smaller city that are more affordable. Phoenix, for example, a lot of different things that are still close by, which you can make an investment into, especially now with the Airbnb opportunity of being able to rent the house on a short term basis. The whole market dynamics of home ownership and rental probably have actually changed in a favorable sense. You don't have to be a lot of people say, well, I don't want to buy real estate because I don't want to be a property manager. I don't want to deal with tenants. You have somebody else deal with a tenant and you can still get the benefit. I, I think you what you're saying is that there's a lot of options in real estate right now. And uh, you can sit back as a renter and say, I think that might be a good idea. Of course, you're putting money into your 401k, so you have that going for you. And then you, you, you're like, why am I not getting the write-offs? Well, rent, investment property might be that angle. Uh, all right, that's enough said on that. I'm Tony Mendez sitting in for Rob Black. You can call the show, 800-516-1220, 800-516-1220. We do the real estate report on Thursday nights from 6 to 7. BayAreaLoanSource.com is our website. Uh, we were talking last night, Gordon, and this is a topic that I know you're, it, it hits home for you, products. You, you use, I know you've used almost every product on the market. Product meaning it's, there's not just Fannie Mae, Freddie Mac, 30-year fix. There's not just FHA. There's not just VA or USDA. There are a ton of loans out there. Those are mostly what they call qualified mortgages that came out of the whole Dodd-Frank um, uh, bill. And now there's stuff called non-qualified mortgages, portfolio loans and private money loans. But products, the more and more products we see, they're driving real estate. They're giving more and more people opportunities to get into into real estate. Um, you may already own a property, and you've been locked out from doing any kind of financing. Maybe you wanted to sw- upgrade the property or to another property, and you can't because of maybe your employment situation, your credit, or equity. It could be anything. Uh, but as these products keep hitting the market more and more and more, we're seeing more people coming out of the woodwork and, and being able to buy. And this is also helping the revitalization of a lot of you know inner city um, right. neighborhoods, um, you know p- properties that have been you know in distress. That you know it doesn't necessarily have to be a renovation loan, but you could use a private loan and then move to something else. But there's also investment. Uh, vehicles now, like with a one-to-one product, where you, you don't even have to have income. You have to have a decent credit score, but you don't even need income as long as the property cash flows over the obligation on the property. You can get a loan. So, and, and the, the rates are actually quite decent compared to what they've been historically. So, what is your thought on how these products are really affecting the market here in the Bay Area? Are, are, are people relying too much on just the standard products? Well, I, I think when we talk products we talk rates one of the, the most the most people think that interest rates is what actually drives the market you know i believe that interest rates does help the market position but i believe the products drive the market even more um the more products on the market the more people that can actually qualify to buy homes or to refinance homes if you just have the standard fannie mae 30-year fix freddie mac 30-year fix VA 30-year fix, if you just have those standard products, there's only a few people that can actually fit in that standard. Now, there are a lot of people out there that are self-employed borrowers, for example, that don't 
uh, show a lot of the income that they generate on their tax returns. A lot of that, a lot of that income in that. is 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 is, is yeah. written off. So the bottom line is not as good as the top line. But of course, <laughs> unfortunately, in our business, we look at the bottom line. We don't look at what your growth. We look at what your net. So a lot of times, those people have struggles trying to fit in the Fannie Mae, Freddie Mac yep. standard box. And we don't have that stated income loan we don't have anymore. Stated income loan. So now a lot of these investors, a lot of these investors, these funds are coming out with more diverse products that are allowing these people that have good credit, that have money in the bank, that can go out now and and leverage that money and be able to buy a house with twenty percent down. The rate's a little bit higher than the standard rate, but they have have different methods that we can use to validate that these people are actually earning that income and that these people would be able at the end of the day, no matter what you do, afford to make that mortgage payment. Anybody in the lending business, you know, once again, we're like the investors. All we care about, can he make his payment every 30 days? That's, a, that's all that's important. So when you look at the whole formula about, you know, cash flow and income and all that kind of stuff, that's great for a guy working at a jewelry store, getting paid every 30 days and bringing home a check. But for a guy that's self-employed, that's not doesn't have that or commissioning uh, people that don't get the same amount of money every week coming in. A lot of times these loans are very, very helpful. And these loans really help our marketplace continue to drive. And that's why I think that that's what picks up the slack right now as the inventory and rates begin to go up. Yeah, the the one that I that stands out for me in the Bay Area is the jumbo 10 percent down. That goes up to two and a half million. You can do ten percent down without mortgage insurance. These are the type of products that are hitting the market. And, and then zero months out of foreclosure, twenty four months out of foreclosure, uh, forty eight months out of foreclosure. Obviously, the rates get higher the, the closer you get to your foreclosure. But bank statement products—that's uh, something that's um, you, what you were just talking about, where somebody who is showing just cash coming into their account, but they don't show, show that bottom line isn't as strong. Um, there's bank statement programs. There's the, that one-to-one investment program. Um, high debt ratio. Asset depletion uh, is something that a lot of pe- people um, hear about nowadays. Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac have asset depletion, but their calculations are really weak, and it can only be on earned income. But now these non-qualified mortgages, they're allowing you to use your asset depletion. You're not actually depleting your assets. Let's just take a million dollars, and you're essentially dividing it by the, the term of the loan, which is 360, and that calculates you know $3,000 a month, for example. And that can be used towards income. So there's a lot of these products out there. I like the, the way that the industry is going. Uh, you can call the show 800-516-1220. We're going to take a break here. 800-516-1220. You can email the show, Tony, at com. You can always visit our website, com. We'll be right back after this break. I'm Tony Mendez sitting in for Rob Black. We'll be right back. Don't forget, there's another hour of today's show to listen to. Find it now at kdow.biz or on the KDOW radio app. A lot of people say I sound like Rob on the radio. People say you sound like me on the phone. I know. I'm Tony Mendez sitting in for Rob Black. Rob is out today. Gordon Hines has joined us graciously. He is the co-host of the Real Estate Report that we do on Thursday nights from 6 to 7. We like to call it the drive time special. (laughs) Um, Yeah, so you can listen to us on the way home on Thursday nights. Uh, You know, as as you guys know who are listening, we, we talk a lot of real estate on Fridays with Rob. Uh, in the second segment and, uh, you know, how it fits into your retirement. We, you know, we were just talking last segment about people who are buying real estate, who are renting here. They can't get enough down payment or they just can't afford to buy real estate here. They Do they buy out of the area? Do they buy out of state just to get their feet wet into real estate? Um, it can make sense. Um, you know, we had a person call earlier who said, I want to pay off my, my $400,000 mortgage. Should they do it? I mean, 
Maybe you should be buying some other real estate. Who knows? Uh, all of these numbers have to get crunched. Are you putting all your eggs in one basket? My brother, Gordon, this, it drives me nuts. Um, he has no retirement, but he has four rental properties and, and his primary residence. And he's leveraged to his primary residence over and over and over to buy these properties. And he's done pretty well. Um, there are three of them are vacation properties and he's able to vacation in these homes and he saves a lot of money doing that. And he, then he rebuilds his, his money and money, money as you know, he works and then buys another property. And if he can leverage, he leverages. I think that's a beauty part about real estate. Um, on the, and I want to get to something else, but on that note of somebody who's renting and buying real estate, I want you guys to look up something called a 1031 exchange. It's a fantastic rule. Hopefully it doesn't go away where you're allowed to move your capital gain investment or defer your taxes on that capital gains from one investment to another. Uh, And let's say you're a renter and you buy a property in Sacramento and then you buy a property in Vegas and then you buy a property and and you're doing this every two or three years. You're, you're renting here, but you're owning property. And then so you get into retirement, you're like, okay, I eventually want to have a house. You can always 1031 that into a property that you want to move into and still defer the taxes if you follow the rules. So um, there are strategies for people who are renting to get into real estate and still achieve that goal of being in a house later in life and or just having that as retirement income. So there's there are strategies when real estate is doing what it's doing with low rates and appreciating almost everywhere in the United States. Um, you have options and options, including all the products, which we just went over that, that are hitting the market. You have options. Well, I'm going to call your brother because <laughs> I'm pretty sure he and I can agree that he does have uh, retirement. If, if he has four vacation homes, that is a retirement. Now, that might not be the traditional retirement as we think about. We don't get to go watch anymore, as we know, when we retire from companies in different places. But that is a part of his a, a retirement strategy. We think there's more than one option to do it. And there's many different people that do it different ways. But I kind of see that since I'm bullish on real estate, I believe that that is a big piece of his retirement is the, the, the resale or the maybe passing those properties. Or just down, the income. Down, down the bread yeah, just the, the income later. But it's, I think the point that I was trying to make is that it's not a lesson for everybody. Uh, and I, I know everybody that listens to this show, Rob will talk. It's not for everybody. But I believe everybody should own a house, so don't go by that. Right? <laughs> <laughs> we will definitely have different opinions um, no on real estate and, and um a credit um, as important as uh, that is so important nowadays. Everybody's heard of credit karma. At least have credit karma, or go to annualcreditreport.com and get a copy of your credit. The difference between a six forty score and a seven forty score can be as much as one percentage point on a four hundred thousand dollar loan. That's about twenty four hundred dollars a year. You're paying more than the other guy right next to you that has a seven forty score. So definitely check your credit. Uh, the tip of the day for that, and we we try to do tips of the day on our on our show, is uh, something called a courtesy release. If you have a collection on your credit, um, a courtesy release is where it's actually removed. When you pay off your collection on your credit, that actually becomes a new entry, and your credit score can actually go down. Uh, Let's say you owe $1,000 to a creditor, and you're in collection, and you contact them and say, I will pay the full amount. I'll completely pay this off if you remove it from my credit. And that's called a courtesy release. It works. It's something that I would explore. Um... Definitely consult, uh, you know, your professional if you can. But it, it that's the tip of the day. Yeah, 
you know, credit is very, very important. We always like to talk of the credit report on our show as the, actually the Bible of our industry. One of the funniest things, I bought my first property back in 1986. American Savings was no longer in business, by the way. And I remember we were talking about my credit report, and I asked the, the banker there, can I see your credit report? He says, no, you can't see it. Credit life like this, great, great, giant secret. I couldn't imagine. I Here he's looking at my my portfolio, which I had nothing, by the way, at that time, about my credit. He can, he didn't allow to give me a copy of the credit report. We can just kind of talk about it. Now you don't need the banker to get a copy of credit report. You can look at your credit report every single day through one of the different vast type of options out there as far as monitoring your credit report. You can pay for it. You can get it for free. There's free annual credit, credit com. Yep. There's credit karma. All the credit cards offer some type of credit information. So it's always good to know where you stand every day because that Bible can come back to haunt you if it's not in good standing. Do you ever screw up your credit? Oh, yeah. I, I tried to screw it up on different occasions. Um, <laughs> you tried to not, do it? No, no I didn't, it wasn't my fault because I have good credit. But oh, it's, ne- other it's never your fault. To, <laughs> other people try to screw my credit up. And good thing I'm paying attention because I pay attention to everything. So it's important that I was able to kind of unscrew it. So I, I like, to, I like to, to brag about that. And unfortunately, in our business, we see a lot of people who just, we simply ask the question, what do you, what's your credit like? And they go, I don't know. I haven't checked it in a couple of years. Um, that's like the worst thing we could hear. It's because it's just such an There's no excuse for that. Not anymore, um, right because way. you could have a, a mortgage, you could have credit cards and a car payment and you're, th- and you're paying on time, but you don't know what else is on there. Uh, there's so many ways that you can steal somebody's credit and, and identity. So go out and get credit karma, go out and get some sort of, um, annual credit report, at least do it every six months or a year. Uh, and and check your credit. So I'm Tony Mendes. That's Gordon Hines. We host the Real Estate Report on Thursday nights. Rob is out today, uh, but don't forget about his seminars coming up on March 3rd. You can go to robblack.com to get more information. Uh, did I say March? I meant May 3rd. May. Um, go robblack.com to figure out how to sign up for that. We will be. Uh, Rob will be back next week. Um, I'm sure that he's enjoying his little time off. Tell Rob how we did. <laughs> I'm sure he's listening, right? Okay. Or do you, do you think he's just screwing around? He's vacationing. Vacationing. Mm-hmm. Well, we'll see you next week. Hope you enjoy the show. Again, I'm Tony Mendez. You can email me, Tony, at com. Our website is com. Thanks for being with us, and we'll see you shortly. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.